hello, hello, and welcome to the 13th episode of The Occupied Mind. I am your host, Alicia Newman, and it, I think that it's kind of funny that on I'm recording this episode on the 13th, and it's the 13th episode, and 13 is my favorite number, so I don't know, this is just kind of funny to me. Maybe it's just me. Sorry. Um, okay, so let's get to it. In terms of podcasts, there are some really great podcasts that were released this week. Um, I want to talk about two shows in particular. Both um, are Michael Rosenbaum shows. And I mean, I, I just can't stress enough how much you should be listening to both Michael Rosenbaum's podcasts. They are very, very well done, and they're very heartfelt, and very honest, and very sincere. So, um, the more fun of the two was his regular weekly podcast that he's had for a little bit, um, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, and he had Jason Muse as his guest this week, and as you know, um, I love me some Jason Muse and Kevin Smith. So I enjoyed listening to it. I I liked listening to it because I, one thing that I like about Jason Mewes is how honest and upfront he is about his sobriety and all of, he's very open about it. If you ask him things about it, he will be very in detail and he won't cut anything out. And if it makes him look bad, he still won't even cut it out. So I just, you know, he's, it's been nine years since he's been sober, he's married, has a kid, and he's such a great dad. Anytime you listen to him talk and he starts to talk about Logan, like even though you can't see him, you can you can almost hear his eyes like beaming and his smile beaming just about how he talks about his wife, how he talks about his kid. And I'm just so happy for him. And I I'm so thankful for the fact that Kevin stuck by him through all of those times and didn't give up on him because I think if it wasn't for Kevin's friendship, I think that he might not have found his way. And I'm just glad that they are still together. And we, Kirk and I are actually going to go see Jay and Silent Bob, uh, the reboot next Saturday in Red Bank. And we're going to go, they're going to do a Q&A after. So I'm very, very excited. And you know that I will be talking about that next week. But uh, as a whole, the podcast episode was great. You know, he talked about his his demons, you know, his normal thing that he talks about on most podcast shows when he goes or when he does anything with Kevin. And then he was talking about um, the movie, of course, and how they're doing, I think he said, 62 cities that they're doing on the tour and this was the longest he was going to be away from his daughter and he was really kind of sad about it which was sweet um but i think that michael um had a really good rapport with him and it's a fantastic episode so now the other episode or for his other show the in love podcast now this is something completely different and i was very happy with this episode and how open it was, I can't even describe 
how it made me feel other than warm and happy that they were doing this. So now this has been on, this is like the third or fourth episode. It hasn't been on that long. And you know, on most of these interview podcasts, there is a engineer that is also on the mic, but they don't really say anything. They're just kind of like a a side piece essentially for most of these episodes. So there is, there has been someone by the name of Tyler, the first couple of episodes. And so in this episode, they introduce Mia, but Mia is actually Tyler because apparently Tyler is transgender. He just hadn't told Michael or Chris Sullivan yet. So Michael and Chris had a very open and honest discussion about transgender and how Mia felt about coming out um, and how she felt her whole entire life and how she felt telling uh, Michael and Chris that she wasn't Tyler, that she was Mia. And Chris talked about how people should just love who they want to love. And Michael was just And I don't mean this in a bad way. He was extremely sincere, but you could tell that Michael was someone who has not been exposed to a lot of this his whole entire life. And while he was completely fine with it and completely open with it, there was things that he misunderstood and didn't understand. And so he was asking questions that if you didn't, know him if you had no backstory like if Mia had never met him before hadn't been working with him for months she might have found it offensive and he kept apologizing and he wasn't trying to come off as offensive and I don't want to talk about like what he asked or anything like that because I feel like you guys need to listen to the episode um but he was just genuine and he fumbled through questions and It just made me love him even more because the both of them, it was just such a wonderful episode to just have this open and honest discussion about, you know, people who want people to love whoever they want to love, which is the whole point of a person's life is to find somebody else to share their life with. And it shouldn't matter who that person is. And it's just by far the highlight of my week was that particular episode. It's excellent. You really need to listen to the in love podcast with Mia. It's fantastic. Um, everybody else had some great shows. Uh, Dak Shepard had Adam divine on. He was funny. He was humorous. They, there was a lot of funny stories on there. There's a funny story about how, you know, with his abs and being in a movie with Zac Efron, and working with, um, oh God, my Danny McBride, I don't know why I'm blanking, with uh, the Righteous gem, Gemstones. They were talking about that. It was it was a good episode. Um, also, Cinema PsyOps, <laughs> their episode was really funny this week. Um, I had never heard of the movie that they had done but now the devil's the devil's reign but now i want to see it and because it had so many people in it and i've never heard of it and now i totally want to try and find it and watch it 
Um, of course, Teapots had quite a few episodes. They had the second episode of their Bazoween, and they covered Psycho, which was a really good episode. Um, Pick Six had their second episode of the King Stephen King movie. They did Silver Bullet. And I love when they make fun of movies that I really liked when I was a kid. And this was definitely one of them. I was a very big Corey Haim fan. So Silver Bullet was like one of my favorite kid movies when I was a kid. Now, I wish they talked about Corey Haim a little bit more and not so much about Gary Busey, but I'll take it. It was funny, as always. Um, How Are You Holding Up talked about making a home and tools to have about making a home and how to feel comfortable when moving into a new place. And I know that Kirk and I are, you know, looking to get out of this place because it's just, I don't know, it's got bad juju in my opinion. I just want a new place and a fresh start. I don't, I've, ever since I've moved into this apartment, I just never really liked it. Didn't truly really set, sit with me too much. So we're definitely looking. Um, also, there was some fun stuff I got. So I am a Patreon to two podcasts. I'm a Patreon to Legion Network so that I can support um, all of my podcasts that fall, uh, podcast family that falls under the Legion podcast umbrella. And then I am also um, a Patreon for How Are You Holding Up? Because I think that the podcasting that they do for mental health is very important. So that's why I support them. But because I support them, I finally got How Are You Holding Up stickers in the mail this week. And they're great. They're little pill bottles with brains um, and pills at the bottom of it. And they're like, it's like trying to hold, like get out of the jar. So it's like trying to open up the jar. So it's like hands are raised above its head. It's really cute. I got three of them, like a, a small, medium, and large stickers. I don't know what I want to do with them because I don't want them to go to waste. I want that to keep them. So I just have like two on my fridge right now. I was going to put one on my phone, but then I was just like, when I stop using my phone, I'm going to lose the one sticker. So I don't want that. I also, um, a while ago, I had won this little contest for Dunkin's and I got two really awesome shirts, like a King Kong shirt and a Bella Lugosi shirt and a movie in your eyes, um, which I'd never heard of, never seen. I wanted to watch this weekend, the movie, but my weekend got away from me. So hopefully I can watch that next weekend. And then I also got this really cool blood splattered, uh, towel. So I want to, although Kirk already saw it, I would, that would be great to play a little trick on him. Um, lastly in podcasting, I did listen to one new show. One of my coworkers was talking about true crime shows and was telling her about Crime Junkie, which I love. And so she had told me that she had been listening to the show Morbid all day. So I only got a chance to listen to one and a half of them. And it was one story. It was the Lululemon murder. So I listened to almost all of it. I think I have like 20 minutes left. It was good. It's, I'm directly comparing it to 
crime junkies because it's literally the same style, same format, two females telling the story of a murder. Um, the only difference it seems so far is that crime junkies seem to be murders that are unsolved and morbid seems to be murders that are solved. So I'll have to listen to a couple more to see if that's the distinction between the two. But I did enjoy it. Uh, the hosts are enjoyable. Um, they had good banter between the two of them. I'm definitely going to check it out. But if you like true uh, true crime podcasts and you're already a fan of Crime Junkies, I had I would recommend Morbid for sure. It's a it's a good podcast for sure. Um, I got to listen to a little bit of The Institute, my Stephen King book that I'm listening to. Not much, not much to push the story enough. I maybe was about to squeeze uh, somewhere between like 30 minutes of an hour of it. Um, Work's been kind of crazy. I haven't even had time to listen to any new music. I've been on a really big Haim kick. And been listening to like a ton of Haim. I don't know why. But Kirk, Kirk, as I mentioned before, controls the music in the car. And so the other day, I, I was like, I just want to listen to Haim. Please just play some Haim. But the problem is, the only Haim song that he has is um, Wired. And so he just, like, so then that got Wired stuck in my head. I was like, I want to listen to a whole Haim album. But he, he wouldn't do that. I told him on my birthday that I get music control in the car no fans and butts non-negotiable didn't really like that answer but tough tookies i want music control i want to listen to some Haim, some def leopard some billy joel queen who fast forwards through queen and and billy joel when you're shuffling through your music who fast forwards through them that doesn't seem logical to me uh fun little side note um apparently today uh, Fat Bottom Girls and Bicycle were released by Queen on October 13th, 1978. That's four. Um, love, love, love Fat Bottom Girls. I feel like that's my theme song. I love that song. Uh, I've watched two movies this week. Gonna be honest, wasn't really crazy about either of them. Um, the worst of the two was the El Camino Breaking Bad movie. Now look, let me just say this up front. I like Breaking Bad. I watched Breaking Bad. I thought it was a very good television show. But for me personally, I enjoy Better Call Saul more. I think it's a better story than Breaking Bad was. I think that Breaking Bad didn't get good until season three. Then it was over in season five. I also can appreciate the story that they were trying to tell with El Camino. I did not have a problem with the story that they were telling. They were saying, what happened to Jesse after the shootout? I get that. How did he get out? What happened to him? That's fine. That's a great story. I would love to know that story. My problem, and for a a rarity, Kirk and I agreed on a movie. We didn't like... How they, ooh, excuse me. We didn't like how they told the story. We felt that it dragged out. Like they just, now it only came out on Thursday, but 
so there's this scene where he's essentially looking for money and apartment. And it just, it just takes too long, way too long. Just everything in this movie just takes way too long to get to the point. And at, from the very first scene, I knew how the movie was going to end. I was like, oh, so this is going to end with him here. Okay, got it. And it's fine that it's predictable. Had it had a better story in between that, I would have probably enjoyed it more. The acting was good. I had no problem with the acting. The cast was great. I just felt that the story that they were trying to tell didn't have enough meat. They just, it had a very thin storyline that they dragged out for two hours. And I just didn't think that it was worth it. Um, the other movie that I watched last Sunday uh, after I recorded this was In the Tall Grass, the Stephen King movie on Netflix that premiered last week. Uh, it, it, it was alright. I, I don't know. I know Patrick Wilson seems to be the new horror it boy. And I'm fine with that. Uh, he is very good in the movies that he is in. He's been in Insidious. He's been in The Conjuring. Now he's in In the Tall Grass. I feel like he was in another Stephen King Netflix movie, but I could be wrong. So I get it. He's the horror guy now. And that's fine. I like him enough that I'm happy with that. I just felt... Uh, it was just too weird. It was too weird of a story. I don't know why I'm yawning so much. <laughs> um, and I apologize for that. I just... I just didn't... I just didn't care for it. Some of the scenes were great. Some of them were not so great. The story was a little flimsy in my opinion. Um... But uh, it was a Netflix Stephen King movie. I, I don't know. I It was okay. It was okay. It was okay. TV shows. So, um, really quickly. So, I can't even get through another episode of Stumptown. So, as much as I love my Colby Smothers... Uh, I think it's, I think it's done. I don't think I will be watching any more Stumptown. I also watched the third episode of Perfect Harmony. And I, I love Bradley Whitford. I really, really do. And I even like Anna Camp. I think that Anna Camp is a very funny actress. But that show is horrible. It's just so bad. Like, I... I was 100% watching it to fill my glee and crazy ex-girlfriend void. And it's just not doing it for me. Now, I might still watch a couple of those episodes. Uh, but I've watched three and I, I'm just not laughing. I'm not paying attention when it's on. I'm just not into the story at all. And it's a shame because... Bradley Whitford is just so funny and he's he's being underutilized in my opinion on this show so we'll see we'll see how it goes 
Um, I also watched the season premiere of season three of Scream. Yep, nope, I'm not watching season three. It was stupid. It was awful. I, I think I fast forward through some of it. The first season of the Scream TV show is the only good season. Season two, not good. The little Halloween movie, not good. Season three, I can't, can't even do it. <laughs> bad, bad television. Um, most of the shows this week, they're fine. How to Get Away with Murder and The Deuce. Like, they're the final seasons. Oh, and The Good Place. So The Good Place, this is the final season for this. It's the final season for How to Get Away with Murder. It's the final season for The Deuce. And uh, while I'm... A, oh, and it's also the final season for Ballers. Ballers and Good Place, they're comedies. They're ending strong. They're fine. They're chugging along. Their stories are good. The Deuce and How to Get Away with Murder, like, they're really... How to Get Away with Murder is getting a little bit better three episodes in. The Deuce, it, uh, so they tried to like ramp it up last week. Um, and I don't know if I spoke to this, but they killed, um, James Franco plays twins and they killed the one twin brother. So this is picking up that. So the thing for me with the Deuce, are there, there are particular stories inside the Deuce that I really, really like, and I wish that they would do more. And then there are other stories on the deuce that I don't care about at all, that I just don't want to see. Anything with a parlor, I don't really care. Anything with the cop, with the investment person that's trying to like transition, you know, it's that area of time where they're trying to revamp uh, Times Square. Like, I don't care about any of that. There, there was a beautiful story arc um, of the gay man. I... I'm really bad with character names on this show. Really bad. But the the gay man that worked at James Franco's bar in the first season. And now, like, he went into business for himself. Like, he had his own, like, him and his partner. They had a couple of gay clubs and bathhouses. Because bathhouses were really big in the 70s and 80s in New York. They owned that. And the boyfriend was an actor and he had AIDS. So this, this season they've really been, you know, dealing with his, his AIDS. Um, and it was very emotional. That storyline was very emotional and I'm not being that I only aired on Monday. I don't want to, I'll talk about it a little bit more in detail next week, but it was, that was the best storyline last night. Um, very emotional. I cried. Um, very, very good. The other story arc that I really like is Maggie, um, Geckenhall, Jake Geckenhall's sister. You know, she was a porn actress in the first season and then she trans, she didn't want to be a porn actress anymore. So she transitioned to a porn director. Now she's having this weird, similar, I guess, to probably like a midlife crisis realizing what porn is doing like the porn that she was in and the porn that she directed what it does to women the effect that it has on women so that's a very interesting storyline but other than that i mean that's it i i mean it's only got a couple episodes left i'm just gonna keep chugging along with it but i'm not 
really feeling it this season. Other than that, all of the other show, Goldbergs, Connors, uh, Modern Family, Mom, Young Sheldon, British Baking, This Is Us, Million Little Things, On Becoming a God, Righteous Gemstones, all fine. All good, great episodes. Uh, I finished The Politician last last week. Um, I liked it. And I will most definitely watch season two. But I think I'm already going to like season two more. Because Bette Midler and Judith Light, I guess, are going to be main characters for the second season. Because what they 100% did is... So it was eight episodes. But seven episodes, there is a story arc. And then there is a break. And then it's this season, uh, episode eight, which really in reality is season two, episode one. Like this is where season two is going to start. Um, but gr- great, great cast, great acting. Uh, some of the, like the middle of it was kind of boring. Um, but I think with Ryan Murphy television, that's just kind of the way that it goes. It kind of drops down towards the five, six, seven type of range. Um, but I'm looking forward to next season. I'm looking forward to Bette Midler because she was fantastic in this episode. And I also like the little secret that Judith Light has next year. So I'm excited to see how they uh, expand on that next year. So I enjoyed it. I also... I can't wait until a couple more episodes of American Horror Story come out so I can really, truly talk about it. Because I got a lot of questions about this season of American Horror Story. Now, it's great. Don't get me wrong. I am loving every millisecond of 80 slasher. But because, again, because it's Ryan Murphy, it's got this weird aspect to it. And so... I'm, I'm kind, like, it's extremely predictable. So you're just like, oh, well, that's going to be that. And oh, that's going to be that. And you're always right. But with Ryan Murphy, a shoe's got to drop. Something's got to drop. So I'm waiting for that drop. And it's probably going to happen in like the next episode or two because it's got 13 episodes and they've already like given a, like if there's like a tray of cookies and there's like 10 cookies on it, they've given away like eight cookies and there's only two cookies left. So I'm kind of curious how, you know, like Roanoke where you think it was going to go one way and then halfway through the season, it goes the other way. So I'm expecting that with this and I want to see how that goes. So I'm very curious. Um, two other TV shows I just want to talk about quickly. So I watched episode three of Creepshow. Didn't care for it at all. Um, the first one, I'll be honest, like I don't, I know that the second one involved a man in a suitcase and three jerks. And the first, oh, and the first one was trick-or-treating and kids. Both of them were not well acted. Um, no one of memory was in them. 
the stories just weren't that good. I, I just hope that they get better. Like, they haven't really... I really liked the second story in the first episode and the second story in the second episode. So, of two, six stories, I've liked two and haven't liked four. So I'm hoping that the ratio goes a little bit more in the other direction, in the liking direction. So let's just hope that these get better. Uh, lastly, so I was kind of bored. Perk was taking a nap. There's nothing really for me to watch. So I threw on, because I've been reading about it a little, I watched the first three episodes of Unbelievable, the new show on Netflix. I think it's a week or two old about the real rape case from 2008 of this woman, Maria, who said that she was raped and then took it back, said that she wasn't raped and she was 18. Um, and then a month later or a little while later, another woman in another district, same exact rape. It's really good. A little rough to watch, like the first couple of episodes that the first episode where the girl, the main girl is talking about being raped, they kind of visualize it a little bit for you and they keep asking her about it. She has to keep talking about details. And the second episode is exactly the same, but with different cops and a different girl because it's a different rape. And so it's kind of like the same MO. So the first episodes are really uh, emotionally heavy. Whereas this third episode that I just finished watching was more, you know, cop heavy, you know, doing their duty. Um, what I found really interesting so far about this show, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative at all. But so the first episode, it focuses on an 18 year old girl who is obviously been through a lot in her life and who is 100% having issues dealing with this rape and recalling it and recalling every single detail. And she gets interviewed by two gentlemen cops. And I hate to throw gender in here, but unfortunately I think that it is a factor. And the style of the cops in general are a factor as well because the first so the first victim the 18 year old the cop asks her like four or five times for her story and he keeps writing it down and writing it down and then she has to write it down and I'm sitting there thinking to myself that if I had to recall this over and over and over again that I'm going to mess things up not on purpose that I know how my brain works. I know that when I'm stressed out and when I have anxiety, which she 100% did at the time, she was just mixing things up and confusing herself to the point where they didn't believe her and even her foster mom didn't believe her. And so she took back and said, oh no, I didn't get raped. When she did, she did get raped and then she took it back. Because she just, she couldn't deal with people questioning her. And then they go to the second case. And it's a woman cop. 
and it's an older woman who has gotten raped. And it's a completely different scenario. The woman is more, like, she's still upset. Don't, she is still visibly shaken, visibly upset. But because she's a little bit older and a little bit more stable in her life, it affects her differently. She talks about it differently. She can recall things better. And the, and the female cop relates to her a little bit more, talks to her a little bit differently, asks her a few less questions, puts them in different scenarios. So this is from when you watch the two episodes back to back. Now, I am assure you that this is probably not how it happened in real life. But it probably does happen. If you watch, it's all about whether it be male or female, because they introduced Tony Collette in season three or in episode three, and she would 100% be somewhere between the male cops in the first episode and the female cop that she winds up working with in the second episode, because she in turn has a rape victim that she's talking to. And again, this woman different, older than the other two different scenario, different phase of her life. So it was just interesting because of the differences. It was apparent in this episode, they could have been doing this on purpose, that these cops didn't know how to deal with this young girl. They couldn't notice her signs of anxiety or stress or feeling pressure that she wasn't ready to talk about it. Where this other cop, she this she was completely aware. She saw it, she understood it, she respected it, and backed off. And now not now the these got the cops were not being bad. They weren't horrible cops. They just didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know how to deal with her. They were handling the rape just fine, but it, it all boils down to the people. And she just, she was 100% having issues and they just couldn't see it. They couldn't understand it. Maybe they thought, because they were older cops, maybe they were, they saw their daughters, maybe they had daughters. I don't know. And I'm just wondering how much of this relates to the real case. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm trying not to Google because I don't know this case. I'm trying not to Google because I don't want to know too much of the real case. I want to finish watching. I don't think I'll have a chance to finish watching by next week. Maybe in a couple of weeks. But um, so far so good. I would really recommend Unbelievable. It's a very good show. Um, but that is it for this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. Please follow me on Twitter at the occupied underscore mind underscore. Please follow me on the flip chat app and get in on the conversation. I know I'm not in there much, but I try to post in there at least once or twice a week, but you can hop into any of the older conversations and say hi and drop a line but that is at The Occupied Mind. Please like, share, rate my um, podcast. I appreciate it. And I am so, so thankful for you guys. And as always, until next time, have a great day. <laughs>